If you're looking to streamline your audio advertising buys and maximize your revenue, look no further than Triton Digital's programmatic audio advertising exchange, A2X. The private exchange consists of only licensed broadcasters and top-tier internet radio publishers, assuring the quality inventory and brand safety you can trust. Visit www.tritondigital.com to learn more. Yeah, this album is dedicated That's what I'm to saying. all the teachers that told me I'd never amount to nothing. Damn. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling for and that called the police on me. Damn. Even Windex and a paper towel can't handle these hot takes. These are the guys behind the glass. I used to read Word Up magazine. I'll tell you what, uh, Windex and a paper towel can't handle what's going down, going on downstairs for me right now. I'll tell you that one. Yeah, this song gets me going. Downstairs? Downstairs. Down south. Below, below the border. Oh, God. Below the uh, and, and equator. Notice how the second that news broke, the music died. Yeah, that's tough. So got to be real tough for you. Well, yeah. Right, now, my, now my boner's gone. No, Whoa, no. hey now. Oh, my God, he said it. And, Holy and, cow. And ladies and gentlemen, I think that's how we're going to welcome you to episode 13 Whoa. of Guys Behind Whoa. the Glass. Luke Legrano here, the associate producer of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, next to me, and a little crude, rude, and lewd, the great executive producer of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, Justin Elk. What do we call that? Is that an alliteration that you just pulled on me? I think it's just rhyming. Mm. Alliteration's when the first letter's the same. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I majored in words. No big deal. Listen, he learned how to read. He never learned how to write. That's, uh, we, don't, we don't get to pick and choose how we're brought into this world. Then Luke Legronsky was brought in Illiterate. half wit, half not. Illiterate. Half yeah. not wit. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, Justin, <laughs> we're recording this episode on the 29th of April. Oh, right what on. are you doing? Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Rodwell Jeffrey, norm- he, normally yeah. the associate producer of Guys Behind the Glass, is now executive producer. Rod, real quick, on the mic, tell us, uh, how's it feel? I feel good. You feel good? Amazing. Oh, all right. So, Rod, Rod's got a lot of responsibility here, because, Justin, we've got a big episode yeah. today. Last night, round one mm. of the NFL entry draft. Yeah, listen, what you call it, the entry draft? Because that's actually the official name of it, but you know. Weird. Yeah. All right, it's the 2022 NFL draft. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're being all technical. Yeah, I, I, listen, you know, you spend the night on Twitter, you you put it on, on the telly. and the, bro- on the telly? <laughs> and uh, listen, the broadcast wasn't great. I hated the broadcast. They're bringing up guys like Michael Buble and, and Chris Angel to do some stupid magic trick with the first three picks. They like, brought uh, on the Make-A-Wish kid, you jerk. Okay, well, that's, yeah, actually select a player. That's nice. And that, and that kid was a Electric. Yeah, that kid, that, that was, kid very, was electric. Honestly, might be the best performance of the night. Yeah, so that was for one of the Giants picks. I think that was the Giants' seventh overall pick. Fifth no? Overall. Eighth had, overall. You know, it's Kayvon Thibodeau. There you go. There you go. Luke's got the numbers. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you spend the night on Twitter, and honestly, I saw a lot of takes saying this was really the most eventful round one of a draft they've seen in recent memory. I feel like there's some guys out there, guys and gals for that matter, there's 2022 out there that say these things every year, but at least last night for me, especially as an Eagles fan, which I would, which we'll get to eventually, very, very exciting night. You saw a lot of teams get a lot better. You saw a lot of movement in terms of dra- trading up, trading down, trading back and forth and blah, 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 getting guys that you want, getting guys that maybe you had to settle for because teams in front of you scooped you. So that's really the drama you see in real time when you're following the draft. And that was really the first year in a while that I've watched the whole first round full through. So you kind of get to see that take place in real time, which I thought was pretty cool. No, I unfortunately did have to go to bed at some point. Mm. I I knew I I was supposed to go to bed right after the Jets 
selected Garrett Wilson with the 10th overall pick. Again, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Right after that was the first of nine trades we would see in the first round, Justin. The yeah. first of nine trades. Yeah. So I stayed up to see how those would unfold. And then we got to the point where Kenny Pickett finally came off the board. Yep. 20th overall, right, to the Steelers? Yep. I was I was getting ready to go to bed right around there, and that's when the news broke, Justin. We'll talk about A.J. Brown in just a second. We'll get to that trade. Hey, now. That's when that news broke, right after the news that Hollywood Brown would be leaving Baltimore to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. A whole mess of information just flooding at me once. I had to turn the TV off. I knew I wasn't going to go to bed, and I wouldn't be able to work today. Well, that's honestly very responsible of you. I was not able to do the same thing. And um, I went to bed at a irresponsible hour. But hey, I got here on time this morning, and that's all that really matters, you know, regardless we, of how much rest I got. We did a four-hour program. That's all that really We matters. did do a four-hour program. But listen, we are the guys behind the glass for that program. But for this program, we're, we're well in front of the glass spewing our knowledge. And you did bring up the A.J. Brown trade, which to say surprised me would be an understatement. I know that the Eagles were in that discussion for the past couple weeks pretty much, but you know, y- y- you see these rumors out there, you get teased with it. You hear a couple of guys in the front office come out and say, oh, no, we were, you know, we're really not getting very far on that because they have to keep things under wraps. But then, st- you know, something like that happens and you realize, you know, the reality of the situation was they had this lined up and Howie Roseman knew exactly what he was doing and he had it mapped out. They knew they were going to give him a $100 million four-year extension right off the bat, a little sign and trade or a little trade and sign. So, yeah, I mean, he wasn't surprised, but Eagles fans everywhere were very surprised even after they had traded up 213 to get Jordan Davis. Now, we know the Eagles had assets here. They had plenty of assets to go around. I never really heard the Eagles' name connected to that of A.J. Brown being a suitor for a potential trade target for A.J. Brown, but here we are nonetheless. A pretty great deal, if you ask me. It sounds like you guys got off pretty scot-free. Now, we got into this a little bit before the podcast, and as Sid Rosenberg always says, save it for the air. Are you scared at all? Because as, uh, lots of rumors floating around before draft day of the New York Jets trading the number 10 overall pick for Debo Samuel. And age comes into fact here, Justin. You guys just throw $100 million at a very young player. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus is exactly right. Listen, you're right, but he's an established young player, right? He's had three solid seasons here. Um, each season being right up at, right up around 1,000 yards receiving. You know, we, we had that argument this morning. Is he a top five wide receiver in the league? Is he a top 10 wide receiver in the league? Where exactly does he fall in that ranking? Which, which, are, which are, you know, those rankings are, are not easy to come up with because there's a myriad of different ways that you can evaluate a wide receiver. I've never heard you use the term myriad. I know, isn't that fun? It's very impressive. Very it? hot and like, <laughs> I'm like sexy right now. Yeah, gra- grammar is sexy. That's what they always tell me. But listen, and I'm just now finding that out because I was never really a very smart person. <laughs> huh. and, and now you're just, you know, women are just throwing themselves They're at throwing you. themselves because at you, me, you know. Because you're hooked on phonics now. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But I'm taking ladies, please, come on. <laughs> Please now, yeah, to a little crazy ruski who will chop off my toe if I do anything testy. But that's neither here nor we there. We love you too, Lisa. Yeah, exactly. Where were we? AJ Brown. Yes. Right. So we <laughs> right. so we were having that argument this morning. Right? Is he top five? Is he top ten? Is he top fifteen? The way I'm looking at this, right, is if you're looking at Tyreek Hill, who you know was given up an arm and a leg for in order in order to be acquired. He's 28. When he was 24, was he was he a was he as good as A.J. Brown is at 24? 
It sounds like you have the answer to that, do you? No, I don't really have the oh, answer to okay. it. But I, 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 I listen. I mean, if you if you're trying to remember back four years ago, right? Tyreek Hill was a very talent, a very talented young receiver, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the established superstar that he is today. I think he was more of a you know an offensive weapon that you could use here and there where you could drop him in to surprise a defense and with his speed and whatnot but then you give him the that you know those extra four years to establish himself as a pass catcher as a route runner not just a guy who's really 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 fast and then he becomes an elite wide receiver in this league and I think AJ Brown is on that trajectory. So four years for a hundred million, and a hundred million for a guy like AJ Brown, it really doesn't sound like a lot to me. And if you have an inexpensive quarterback like the Eagles do in Jalen Hurts, and you're not paying him an arm and a leg, you know, just to sit under center and throw to these guys, then you have the extra money to dish around, share within the organization, and you can build talent like the Eagles have, like the Eagles did last night. So I, I really hate to be this guy. Mm. I, I don't like being this guy. Do it. I'm I'm looking at the the comparative stats right now. Okay. AJ Brown, phenomenal rookie year. Second year, just as better. Junior year at twenty four years old. This is his worst statistical year. Now that's a, that's eight hundred sixty nine yards, that's five touchdowns. Still pretty solid. Thirteen games started. Yeah, no, great stats. Nothing nothing to sneeze at here. Tyreek Hill was a Pro Bowl. First team all pro. otherworldly understood. Yeah, and exactly. And you also have to take into account AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill do not play the same style of football. Tyreek Hill is a yes. deep threat. His entire premise of being on the football field is to get deep and catch the ball for the touchdown. AJ Brown plays the the game a little bit differently. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes can make throws that Ryan Tannehill can't. You also have to remember that. Right. But this is also something that you just kind of have to accept in what we're seeing with wide receivers now. Christian Kirk is really the catalyst behind all of this. And I say that because Jacksonville threw $64 million at Christian Kirk, making him a top 10 highest paid wide receiver. For a guy who I love Christian Kirk, nothing against the guy, is not not worth any of that money. He is not a number one wide receiver on a good team. Agreed. And he's probably, honestly, he's probably up in the air if he's going to be a number one wide receiver in Jacksonville. Now, wide receivers, we see Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. All these guys want quarterback money yes and honestly they to a degree they deserve it the wide receiver position is becoming more and more valuable especially when you reach that top tier that second tier right. of wide receiver talent so, and, ju- and just so we're clear top tier i would call the top five second tier i would call a top 10 guy third tier top 15 fourth tier top 20. honestly that might be even a little tight because just because is DK Metcalf really like a third tier guy? Probably the, the number twelve spot. Talent wise, no, but He's pretty, not a you know, tier wide receiver. But yeah. numbers wise, yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's all depending on how you make your little food pyramid of wide receivers, right? But essentially, what I'm trying to get at is that this is our life now. We yes, now, we now live in this world of football where wide receivers want to get paid this X amount of money. They will not come below this floor. You have to. You have to fork it up. Yeah, and but I mean that—that's just sports in general. That's where they're headed, right? I mean, they're basically printing money. You see it elsewhere. You see it in, in Major League Baseball. You're, you're you know you're starting to see it obviously here in football. You see it in the NBA. So I mean that's just where, it's sports in general. That's where they're going. These athletes want to get paid more. They don't really have a ceiling in terms of uh, where they'll stop. And they're worth the best players in the game. Their worth will always be elevated. It'll never go down. You know. So, I mean, that, that, that's just the way sports work. But, and, and listen, the NFL is a passing league now. So you're not going to see running backs make this type of money. You know, you might see the NFL at a certain point come full circle and become a running game again. 
and you still obviously you saw it last year with the Eagles. In to get specific, right? They they didn't know how to run the football in about the first four or five games of the season, and then they become the best rushing team in the NFL, and they actually become a good football team. It starts to complement the pass game. Guys are open downfield, and then you start to see you know ta- r- real talent exude or protrude from that offense guys like you in the vocabulary i mean it's out of control you are on something different my brain is just ticking baby this kid just read a dictionary before he hopped in the studio uh, it's like uh you know it's like a chef's kiss alec hey now anyway where was i for for an episode about the nfl draft we're doing a terrible job about talking about the actual picks right so we'll we'll get to the eagles we'll get to the eagles in a little bit we'll get to the jets i obviously want to talk about the giants because they're a local team they did very well for themselves Mm -hmm. but one thing i want to do before that the number one pick had changed probably about five or six times in the last month right this past week and on draft day last night trayvon walker out of georgia the defensive end goes to jacksonville do you like the pick for Jacksonville, and would you have done something different? Listen, it was a very, in terms of a first round for an NFL draft, it wasn't offense, offensive weapon heavy, I guess is, is a good way to put it. You saw a lot of defensive picks, especially in the top 10, and rightfully so. These guys are very talented. These guys are all studs, not excluding Trayvon Walker. I mean, there's a reason he went number one overall, and it's, not, it's an unpopular opinion because you like to see offense, you like to see points scored. But you need a good defense to win football games. You always, you always have. You, you always will, and that'll never change. So this is a guy that they can, you know, start to build around on defense. But defense wasn't really, you know, their main issue last season. It was really getting the ball moving. Trevor Lawrence was underwhelming, and I would, if I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I would have liked to see them spend that first pick on an offensive weapon, whatever that might have been. I feel the exact same way. I cannot believe Aquanu from North Carolina State. The mountain of an offensive tackle did not go to Jacksonville but if you look at essentially every team in the top 10 they suffer from a terrible case of the horrible Mm. where they have a hole all over the place there's really no bad pick for them because they're going to have to address every issue at some point Trayvon Walker not bad if we're going to take a defensive end I would have loved to have seen Aiden Hutchinson go with this pick I think he's just the better player I think he's going to have a much longer and more successful career Mm -hmm. and honestly we could still see that play out because Detroit is in essentially the same spot as Jacksonville Maybe even worse. I think Detroit's probably the worst team right now, and they did not get the number one overall pick. Right. I think Jacksonville's more talented. Jacksonville, on paper, is a better football team. Yeah, Detroit has a lot of a lot of soul-searching to do, but they have a quarterback, and that's that's something that they can hang out on. They have a quarterback. On. They've got a phenomenal running back in DeAndre Swift. They have TJ Hawkinson. What weapons did they we'll, we'll get to. We'll get, they got Jameson Williams. Yes. Past, who I'll, I'll talk about it, the number 10 pick when I talk about the Jets. But let's talk about the Eagles real quick. The Eagles, number 13 overall. Mm-hmm. You got that pick from Houston. Yes. Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle. Big boy. Out of Jordan. Big boy. If you're looking to streamline your audio advertising buys and maximize your revenue, look no further than Triton Digital's programmatic audio advertising exchange, A2X. The private exchange consists of only licensed broadcasters and top-tier internet radio publishers, assuring the quality inventory and brand safety you can trust. Visit www.tritondigital.com to learn more. Big, big boy. I like that pick a lot. You know, you saw the Eagles kind of flirt with a departure from Fletcher Cox not too long ago, you know, three or four months ago. You know, you saw them release him and then re-sign him to that one-year deal. And I don't think it goes beyond that for Fletch. So, you know, you have to kind of start looking for that anchor in that defensive line 
that you can you know build around in years to come. And that guy is going to be Jordan Davis. He's huge, like ginormous. He's a monster. He dominated at Georgia. And he's going to dominate in the NFL, you know, pretty much from anybody and everyone who's commented on it. Clay's Campbell said Jordan Davis is going to be a stud. Obviously, the Ravens thought they were going to grab him. And then the Eagles swooped in, traded up to 13 and grabbed him instead. So and, and Clay has actually said that we thought we would have him, thought we would have had him. But that's how the draft goes. So you're, you're seeing other teams actually kind of get a little frustrated that they weren't able to draft this guy. And when you see that out of professional football players who are invested in a pick so much where they're disappointed that their team didn't adopt this guy and didn't bring him in to help make them better. That's when you know you did a good thing if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. We'll get into what we want to see from our teams a little bit. Up. Let me talk about the Jets real quick. Yeah, you, go for it. You know how much pent-up aggression I've had yeah. over this football team. I felt like I was going to puke. So they had 4-10, and ten, the Jets. 4-10. and ten. I thought there was a serious chance that they would trade back at 10 and maybe collect a pick for next year, maybe just see what they can get out of it. But they, they used both. They're pretty desperate. The number four overall pick went to Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Sauce! The cornerback out of Cincinnati. Mm. Justin, I can't tell you how relieved I am at this pick. And I know that some Jets fans and some of the people who watched the Jets very intently were a little concerned about this pick because the secondary is not the most important thing in Robert Sala's defense. Right. The secondary of the New York Jets last year, I hand to God, it would have made my old high school football team look like a pro team. Yeah, I mean, the Jets looked like a high school football team in general, Every, but yes. Everyone in the secondary, I, I don't think there was a single player back there besides Marcus May, uh, who was taken in a round in the NFL draft earlier than the fifth round. I love Bryce Hall. Mm-hmm. Bryce Hall was our cornerback one, number one. Bryce Hall is not a cornerback number one on legitimately any other no. team in the NFL. No. Michael Carter, the second, Brandon Eccles, phenomenal quarterbacks. They took a big step in their rookie year. They're six-round picks. Mm-hmm. They're not expected to be starters. We now get DJ Reed and Jordan Whitehead. A little bit of bolstering in the secondary now. Ahmad Sauce Gardner did not give up a touchdown in college. Yeah, Obviously, that will change in the NFL. Remember how Trevor Lawrence just never lost in college. How does he deal with failure? Yeah, well, we'll see that. Um, but this is a really exciting player for a position that was desperately needed for the New York Jets. And it's so happy. I'm, I'm I'm elated to see that they went out and they not only addressed it, they got the best possible player. I yeah. think he's going to be better than Stingley. Down at 10, mm-hmm. there was a couple options here. Yeah. There was some talk to see if Charles Cross would fall. He got taken at 9 mm-hmm. to the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. This was going to come down either to a defensive end, some sort of offensive lineman, or a wide receiver. Drake London, who a lot of people thought would go to the Jets at 10, got taken at number 8 to the Atlanta Falcons. So Garrett Wilson is their guy, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. I'm not a big Ohio State guy. I don't watch a lot of college football. I am a, I would consider myself a Penn State fan, so I don't like Ohio State. But a lot of people are saying this guy was the best wide receiver in this draft. Just does an inordinate amount of things. Mm-hmm. And I, I get to know a little bit of his gameplay. Uh, you know, very quick, can go deep in the ball. So if, if that's the case, not only did you bolster this, this offensive line in the preseason, with Lakin Tomlinson coming over, re-signing George Fant. Uh, we have Elijah Vera Tucker and Mekhi Becton from the past drafts. So now if you have Corey Davis, who's the vertical threat, uh, Garrett Wilson is now your deep threat, and Elijah Moore is now your speed guy, Zach Wilson has plenty of opportunities now to run whatever play he wants, which is not something that he had last year. No, it's not, um, but it also puts a lot of pressure on the kid, right? Absolutely. I mean, this, this is kind of now you have a real football team around you. Yeah. 
And, you know, nobody's asking you to go out and win 10 games, 11 games, 12 games. But I think Jets fans are, are expecting to go out there and be within a game or two of 500. We're being realistic, right? Especially in that division. They're not going to win anything. No. But, but, you know, you're, you're, if you're a Jets fan, you're planning on walking into MetLife, for home games at least, every week next season. And you're expecting to watch a competitive football game, which is something we didn't see a lot last year. No, absolutely not. Like you said, especially in this division, but even in the AFC as a whole, no one is expecting the Jets to do a lot right now. But I think what Jets fans at least want is they want to feel good about their team in November. Right. Because I know that, that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, everyone's saying we want meaningful games in December. We're not even expecting that. We, we, guys, we we get it. This I, team has been yeah. so bad for so long. We don't need meaningful games in December right now. I would love it. It would make my heart just go over the moon right now. But just a step forward. I think a good gauge of that, too, will be this time next year, right, when they're gearing up for the draft. And if you're looking at this Jets team going into the 2023 NFL draft and you're saying, oh, well, we, 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 we really need a bunch of th- different things and we can really draft any position player and, and, and it could be a success, then you know the season prior to that was an absolute failure. Absolutely. And there's also one more pick the Jets made. The Jets traded up into the first round with their 35th overall pick. They swapped a, a third and a fifth with Tennessee, the pick they got from A.J. Brown, I right, believe. Right. They uh, they traded that back, and they selected Jermaine Johnson, mm-hmm. who was rumored to go at number 10. So there you go. I mean, you you could make the argument that the Jets have three top 10 caliber talent, talent guys in that first round that they could now add to in, in already... You know, I wouldn't call them talentless. I mean, they have at least some playmakers that could that could already do something. And now you really get to see what kind of quarterback Zach Wilson will or can become. I don't think it's 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 an end all be all type of season for him. You know, just like the Jets, right? We're not expecting them to really go out and light the world on fire. I would probably assume the same for Zach Wilson, but you're at least expecting the kid to go out there and show you a sliver of hope, show you a sliver of potential, if not more than a sliver, and maybe even go out and upset a couple of good football teams. And, like, listen, we we saw them beat Tennessee last Mm -hmm. year. We saw them beat Cincinnati with Mike White. This team can pull out a couple wins this year, especially since I've— I'm not ready to say Zach Wilson's my guy, but I can tell you for a fact that Zach Wilson got better as the year went on last year. That is a fact. If you watch Zach Wilson the first five weeks and the last five weeks, those are two completely different people. And now that he's finally got some people to, to work with him, Joe Douglas is very excited to have all these people. The guy's phenomenal making deals. He's took three great players. We saw how clutch the Jamal Adams trade came in with mm-hmm. his 10th overall pick. Jets fans, I, I'm going to regret this. Yeah, you can't say it. I'm going to regret this. Don't say it. Get excited. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're out of your mind. I know. All right. That's something I can say to Eagles fans. You can't say that. Well, <laughs> you're not allowed. Well, let's talk about a team that but not, neither of us like and you, you actively dislike. But a, team, a team we do have to mention, <laughs> the New York Giants. Yeah, whatever. Absolutely killed this draft. Yeah. The fact that they still have. Not as much as the Eagles do. All right. Listen, pal. Kayvon Thibodeau at number five, mm-hmm. former rumored number one overall pick. He spells his name like an idiot. <laughs> What makes you say that? Um, what are, like what are we in France? To be dear. What's your last name? Alec. What 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 origin is that? Is that full blown American? No, it's like white people shit. I don't know. White people. <laughs> like Poland. Fucking like like Czechoslovak. You, I you, hate you, Justin. Yeah, well sometimes I hate myself, Curtis. <laughs> Well, listen, I'm sure he didn't choose his last name, and quite frankly, I don't think he had that much input on his first name either. So That's true, too. All right. And then <laughs> seventh <laughs> overall, 
offensive tackle Evan Neal, another yeah. guy mm-hmm. rumored at one point to go number one overall. Yeah, I mean, listen, right? We, you can make the argument anybody in the top ten would would have been rumored at some point to go number one overall. Well, like, was Charles Cross ever going to go number one overall? No. Was Derek Stingley Jr.? Oh, actually, no, Derek Stingley Jr. at one point was rumored to go number one overall. Well, you had those guys that snuck into the top ten, right, uh, who were never really supposed to be there that snuck in. But anybody worth really noting in the top ten was in the argument at one point to go number one overall. I mean, listen, these are things you speculate every, you know, right when the season's, right when the college football ends, really. You know who's going to come out on top, yeah. but yeah, the Giants. Listen, the Giants got better. I'm not going to. I'm not going to beat around the bush. The only thing that I'm kind of hanging my hat on here is the fact that you know you're not really going to see these guys have an impact for a couple of years. No, and but but actually, here's what I'll say about that. I don't think that's totally true mm-hmm. because I think these are two full blown starters. Okay, guys that can actually make an impact right now, and probably honestly, two serious rookie of the year candidates. Not even stepping on the football field yet, but I'm going to make a declarative statement here because you know how much authority I have. Right, the past. Three years, Giants fans, the New York media, everyone in the football world has said this is the year the Giants have to figure it out, what they have. Yeah. And every single year for the last three years, we've said the same thing. This is the year the Giants have to figure it out. I don't want to hear it anymore, Justin. This is the year you don't have any excuses. You didn't do anything in free agency. You got two full-blown starters from the top ten in the in the draft. You've got no excuses anymore. I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anyone say that the Giants still have question marks after this season. You're in, you're out. Pick one. Okay. That was very animated of you. Kind of hot. Thank you. I know. See, Listen, you, see I, you behind the glass on Monday. What? <laughs> Whoa. Windex and a paper towel. Can't clean up that mess. <laughs> That's funny. That's the imaging. What? Uh, why is Lou Rufino there? Get him out. Get him out. Oh, my we don't, God. We, we, I don't think we have to. Right, we don't have to get it out. Right? No, we don't have to get him out. But it's okay. I, okay. I did a very good job of it myself. Listen, I love watching Giants fans squirm, so I'm going to play you know, the other end of the spectrum here. I'd love to watch all of them, all of those idiots, all of those imbeciles, all of those low lives, all of those failures, right? Borderline criminals. I mean, who, who, who wakes up in the morning and says, oh, today's a, good, uh, today's a good day to be a Giants fan. Today's a good day to root for a team that doesn't even play in New York. I mean, no offense to the Jets, please. Oh, okay. But yeah, you know, today's today's a good day to 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 hate the Eagles. Today's a good day to to shit on on everybody from Philadelphia and make fun of them. And and and, and what else you got, Ivis? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. I don't like them. All right, okay. I don't like them one bit. And nothing would bring bring me more pleasure than to watch them underperform this season and underwhelm their stupid little fan base and make everybody run home and curl up into a little ball, curl up into the fetal position and say, well, maybe next year, maybe next year, maybe next year. I want them to be saying that for the rest of their lives. So, like, I hate that guy. I, yeah. do, I do hate that guy. I, don't, I hate I, him. I don't actually don't actively hate the Giants. No, but, I, hate, I hate him with a burning passion. But I think where it comes in is that the Giants are equally as bad as the Jets, and for some reason everyone just assumes that we're worse. Right. Because it's fun. It's fun for everyone. Well, because you guys are little brother. As I said, we, you always, you always we, we've had this conversation on this show before about how every team that I root for, it's just fun to root against. Right. It's fun to make fun of the Mets. It's fun to make fun of the Jets. And to a degree, it's fun to make fun, to make fun of the Rangers. I, I, Rod, well, not this year. Rod, Rod, I'm sorry. It's fun to make fun of the Knicks. Fuck the Nets. Uh, uh, why? The Nets. Oh, okay. Um, but the Giants are not a great football team. And for some reason that there's this notion that they can compete every year yeah. and they just never, at least I've got the, the common decency to accept that we're not going to compete. And I still get made fun of. Yeah, you got to get rid of so, that little choir boy quarterback of theirs. I just, well, they didn't exercise the fifth year option. We know that now. Yeah, but what, exactly. So we'll see what they can do, but I really don't feel confident that they'll be able to 
convince anyone that they're going to be a powerhouse. And if they do, God bless them. But I, I really am sick and tired of, of asking all these questions every day for the past couple of years. Bro, it'll be the Eagles and Cowboys at the top of that division. There's really no disputing that fact. Right now, I'm willing to say as much as I hate the Cowboys and I hate them more than the Giants with a burning passion deep into my bones, into my heart. Ooh, bones. Down into my testicles. What? Oh, my God. Hey, now. He said it. He's on one today. But the Cowboys are good. The Cowboys are a very good football team. We saw it last year, right? We saw Dak Prescott really live up to the potential that he showed early on in his career in spurts. And we saw him make a just an unbelievable connection with, with C.D. Lamb and move forward with that. And they're a very, very good football team. Obviously, Zeke is still a force to be reckoned with. So they've got the run game. They've got the pass game. They've got a great offensive line. They've got it all figured out. Defense could use a little work, but hey. Listen, if you could if you could put up 40 points a game, it doesn't really matter. And the Cowboys were were right right there around that number last season. So, you know, I'd like to say that the Eagles have kind of met them met them halfway in terms of matching their talent this upcoming season, but I don't think the Eagles are there yet. So, I, I would peg the Eagles as probably an NFC wildcard team and go from there, you know, try and squeak by that way. Before we go, six more rounds left. What do you want? What do I want? Probably want a couple offensive linemen. Not guys that are going to play next year, but listen, Jason Kelsey's getting old. Lane Johnson's getting old. You got guys on the offensive line that are that are injury prone and that get hurt a lot. So, you know, yeah, Jason Kelsey's not going to live forever. Lane Johnson's not going to live forever. These guys on this offensive Eagles line can't continue to be this dominant year in and year out. So get a couple of big guys that you can build on. They don't have to be great. You're not going to find stud offensive linemen here in, in, the, in the upcoming rounds. But get guys that you can develop that can learn under these guys, mentor, maybe a linebacker or two. I don't know. Linebackers aren't really a hot topic these days. No, definitely not. Um, personally, I know the Jets are happy with their linebackers. The fact that Nicobe Dean made it out of the first round is an absolute war crime. Uh, that guy's going to be something special. I'd love to pick him up with the 38th overall pick. Uh, a couple of alignments still out there. Uh, there's uh, just a bunch of people. I'd love a safety, too. Jalen Pitchy or Jaquan Brisker. Oh, now you're getting greedy. I'd be really happy with Jaquan Brisker. That'd be my, my top pick for 38. And uh, I know we don't need a tight end anymore, but Trey, Trey McBride's going to be such a great talent in the NFL. I'd love to see him, too. Unfortunately, that's going to have to do it for us. Another episode of Guys Behind the Glass here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to see how we did. This episode's going to come out later today, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have to recap how we, uh, how we picked. Justin. I think we nailed it. We did a very good job. Yeah, Mazel We're, great. We're great. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Take care. Manishma. These are the guys behind the glass. Even Windex and a paper towel can't handle these hot takes. These are the guys behind the glass. If you're looking to streamline your audio advertising buys and maximize your revenue, Look no further than Triton Digital's Programmatic Audio Advertising Exchange, A2X. The private exchange consists of only licensed broadcasters and top-tier internet radio publishers, assuring the quality inventory and brand safety you can trust. Visit www.tritondigital.com to learn more.